0: Before uh, I, I start playing this podcast, a quick heads up to you listeners with headphones and any listeners that may or may not have other people around. At roughly the 40 minute mark, uh, Freebird and I discuss uh, Adamandra and his power screams and I have edited edited in that's we're uh, simple things some fragments out of his power screen uh, so, so yeah beware for your God ears and beware for your mom coming into your room thinking that you might be, try be try watching some extremely fucked up porn. I've had I've been 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 been
1: enough of these people Christian, scone, giant death babies alive that body parts What more do you need to know about these people I go out and face this scum They literally crawl out from under arms
0: They have green milk skin And they run around screaming We of Satan, we want to eat babies Well, alright, and there we are We are not quite live, uh, but live to be, essentially <laughs> If, yes. Um. All right. I am here with Freebird uh, to talk about rock climbing. Yes. And uh, to everyone's surprise, Freebird is not a dude.
1: I know it's it's kind of a meme at this point that like everyone thinks I'm a guy, and no, I'm very much not a guy. But I, I get it. I'm a tomboy, so it makes sense. <laughs> but it's just really funny anytime someone like randomly stumbles into my mentions they're like sorry so sorry bro or like i hope she sees this and i'm like dude i'm a lady
0: <laughs> yeah that's uh i mean how do you any have i, I have fuck me i already can't talk anymore uh <laughs> do you have any idea what causes that
1: well like, i know what, what's going on there? i know like uh my my profile picture right now is me wearing a Bears jersey. Matt Forte uh, used to be running back for the Chicago Bears. One of my favorite players of all time. Uh, and it was at a tailgate that I went to. So very much so, like the vibe you see is very much like, bro, because it's a Bears jersey. It's a it's a football jersey. Um, and then I, I'm just like super chill. Like I don't, I, I guess I don't like come across as like super feminine in my tweets. So... Everyone's just like, oh, this is a dude. And I tweet about football a lot, (laughs) and I tweet about rock climbing. So (laughs) (laughs) everyone is just like, bro. I'm like, well, no, but that's okay. Cool, I'll accept it.
0: Yeah, well, anyway, um, I'm not here to talk about football because I really don't know fuck all about football. Um, I am here to talk with you about rock climbing uh, because uh, I fucking love it, and so do you uh and so i thought maybe i could like craft somewhere around an hour of entertainment out of this um so let's let's start with some basics for how long have you been climbing
1: so climbing for me has been more regular this past year Mm -hmm. um so i started rock climbing when i was super young my parents took me to a rock climbing gym and i loved it but i didn't really stick with it it was just kind of one Mm -hmm. of those things that like your parents put you into to kind of burn some energy um didn't stick with it climbed a little in college and then when i started living in chicago i one of my friends he was like you need to come rock climbing so i did and got back into it and we were climbing together for about a year but not pretty and not regularly it was probably like twice a week um no it was less than that it was like once every two weeks. And uh, and then he got married. And it's really hard to top rope when you're doing it by yourself. So I didn't yep. really climb all that much. And I tried to climb a little bit. And then this past year, I s- met up with a group of dudes. And we just all started climbing together. And now I've been climbing like three, two to three times a week for the past seven months or something. So I've gotten oh, way nice. more into it. Than I Nice. Have been previously, so.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I've been on a <clears throat> yeah, somewhat similar trajectory. I uh, first started rock climbing about twelve years ago when I was about twelve years old. Um, but uh, where I lived, my folks back then was pretty far away from any climbing gym, so there was like the, I guess the national rock climbing club or like the National Rock Climbing Society and their youth groups went climbing with a bunch of kids like every, every month, a weekend or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's kind of where I started, uh, like in the last year or two of elementary school. And then I kind of continued like that throughout high school, so every month, when it was, of course, a season for it, because climbing in winter is not fun, at least not outside. No. <laughs> uh, so kind of stuck with that. Then I moved to uh, a bigger place for university, uh, climbed fairly regularly. Did a lot of bouldering as well, because we had a really nice boulder gym there. Um, and then, I don't know, I got kind of distracted by other activities that people do in college, mm-hmm. such as drinking, and drinking, and more drinking, <laughs> um, as well as some other sports. I got into some Muay Thai, some Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, etc. Et um, and then pretty much after I graduated, so I did my uh, graduation internship in a climbing gym somewhere else. Uh, and I didn't climb very much there because I was like traveling three three hours every day, so at some point you're like, "Fuck, man! I have another hour and a half to get home, mm-hmm. so I'm really not gonna go for a, a climbing session after I'm done with work." here. Mm-hmm. Um. But then last year, I actually got a job in a climbing gym, uh, and I moved to the place where the gym is at. So now I live like five minutes away from the gym, uh, and Well, until we were locked down uh, almost exactly a week ago, last Monday, I was trying to go climbing two or three times a week uh, and just kind of really pushing it. Uh, So that's me. Oh, and also uh, I've been doing uh, some, well, typical climbing gym work, so some trainings, so introduction lessons. I don't know how it is over there, but there's a lot of... um, uh, children's birthday parties that happen over here in climbing gyms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a lot of those. And then uh, I've been in training for becoming an officially licensed instructor as well since while. Well, but that's all kind of going at a very slow pace because everything is locked down. Yeah. So, that's roughly my background. Oh, and I, well, I don't go climbing outside too much mostly just because of time Uh, because well the more I could climb outside the better Uh, but still I had an opportunity to go a few times this year which was very nice all right so with that out of the way um, are you like when you go climbing do you mostly go to gym or do you mostly go outside
1: Oh, I, I live in the Midwest, so it, it is about as flat as flat can be, so there's no real good places to go outdoor climbing near me, so um, there's there's a, a gym that I go to uh, oh, nice. several times a week. So I usually climb in the gym. I haven't been outdoor climbing. Um, I did go on the Peaceful Treason camping trip oh, this right. past yeah. year with uh, Kaj and Will and all those people down there and um, I ended up someplace in Arkansas and there was some (laughs) outdoor bouldering that I kind of messed around with but didn't really climb too much out I want to give a shout out to Agora Brewing though because he came with us when we were just um, messing around and like attempting to outdoor boulder and he had never climbed before and Kaj gave him his approach shoes and Agora just went at it and he like picked up terms really quickly. He like, he totally like kind of got how your body should move on the wall a little bit. And he did, he did really, really well for someone who had never climbed before. So shout out to AB. He did great. I'm very proud of him.
0: Oh, that's right. That's awesome. I wonder if he did some sort of gymnastics or, or dancing as a kid or something.
1: Yeah, I could, Uh, I could see him as a ballerina. (laughs) 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 Yes. (laughs) he's got got the grace in there so he he could do that but yeah like no i was um i was like projecting a section and i don't even think it was an actual route but it was just something i was like oh i could probably climb this side of the of the boulder and so i was Mm -hmm. projecting it and kaj and i were like kind of figuring out where the best places to do holds were and i was like oh yeah i could probably flag out this way and make a reach like this, and AB tries it, and he just goes out, and he's like, flag, this is what it looks like, right? And he had, like, a great flag, and I was like, what? (laughs) Wow, if you can pick a bat right away, like, I'm impressed.
0: That's really awesome. Yeah, that's one of those things. um, I think that's possibly one of the hardest things for beginners to pick up on. Um, At least, if they don't Like some people actually have some talent for it, and they pick up on like that. Mm -hmm. It's just immediately. But some people, they just it takes them forever to find out what the correct kind of body positioning is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for those listening that aren't familiar with uh, rock climbing terms, flagging is basically when you um, stick like a foot out pretty much across the wall, um, generally uh, in the opposite direction of w- which way your hold is, essentially. Yeah, so the it opposite is... of
1: where you're moving to.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. So it gives you uh, kind of a counterbalance uh, to release uh, a hand to move on to the next hold. Um, that along with, um, heel hook and just kind of uh dropping your knee mm-hmm. or like really really turning your knee in is one of those things that you don't well most beginners at least you don't seem to do naturally mm-hmm.
1: so yeah it's very weird movement yeah. like if you've never rock climbed before like the the movements are very i think different than what most people are used to because most people when they do climb They just kind of climb holds like a ladder. And most of the time in rock climbing, aside from the very beginning, like the very beginner um, routes, most of them won't be set where you just climb like a ladder. You actually have to use different parts of your toes and your your heels and your hands and stuff. So, like all those movements, like flagging and drop knees and toe hooks and heel hooks, all that stuff is just so unnatural to most people. And And it takes a while to learn it.
0: Oh yeah, and I mean, even among more experienced rock climbers, it still is a, a massive issue. So uh, for those who aren't in the know, um, rock climbing has this fantastic thing where it really just builds up in grade. Um, so it starts, uh, well, as a European, I go with a French skill, which starts at one or two, but Realistically starts at 3 and then it builds up to uh, I think the hardest thing ever climbed at the very moment is something like 9C or 9B+. plus. Um, so we have a couple of routes uh, at level 2 in our gym which would translate to 5-2 or 5-3 in America and then I think in America it goes up to like 515. Um I'm not entirely familiar with the way the American grade system works, but
1: Yeah. So I was yeah. I was looking at the grading uh conversion that you sent me before we had done and it's a little bit different. So, um in So for people who don't know there are two different really two different kinds of climbing that you can do. One is bouldering and that's about like 15, 20 feet, and you're just yeah, kind of yeah. like, you're going up a route. Usually it's in like the most technical way possible. And then there's top roping, which is what I think most people are familiar with, which mm-hmm. is where you have the harness, you're clipped in, and you're going up a really tall wall. um In the States, we have two different grades for that. So the five, um, what you were talking about with like the five, four that's going to be a top roping um grade yeah so that's like a super super easy top roping grade and then when it comes to bouldering um we usually have grades that are like v zero on up um yeah exactly yeah so the hardest harder ones are going to be like around v10 um, and you don't see those a ton in american gyms but yeah like Mm -hmm. From what I understand from my friends who climb like boulder outdoor regularly, V, Mm -hmm. like each grade in bouldering should take you about a year to master. So if I were climbing, yeah, if I were climbing outdoors, I would still be at a V0. As of right now, I'm probably at about a V3, which is still not like super great. But yeah, so like when you were talking about your, your gym, the 5.4 is going to be like a top roping grade. So I guess in the States, like a V0 or a VB would be Mm -hmm. that grade.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So uh, as far as bouldering goes, uh, we kind of use the same system, but it's also kind of not the same system. So the conversion that I see here, that's not entirely true from my experience. So something that is, say, a 5B climbing route does more or less compare to something that is like a 5B boulder. Mm -hmm. However, um, it is often said that bouldering is uh, at least technically significantly harder than climbing. Mm -hmm. Um, Which makes a lot of sense if you think about the way uh, climbing route is graded. Um, So there's a bit of difference between the way it goes inside and outside but roughly you can say any um, climbing route of a particular level uh, is not going to be that level all throughout the route. It's probably going to be be a bit below it and then there's going to be uh, a smaller portion, generally roughly the size of a boulder. Uh, about 15 to 20 feet, that's the crux. So that's where you're really going to struggle. And then, well, depending if there's anything left in the route, uh, the rest is going to be, relatively speaking, easy again. Um, So what bouldering does is essentially takes the crux, or the the very hardest part of a route, and says, you know what? All this fucking fluff around it, we don't need that. Here, you just have the very hardest part of the route and good luck with it. <laughs> um, so uh, I've been, I mean, I, there's a significant difference between my bouldering and my climbing grade. Um,
1: Same, yeah. I've been, uh, I, uh, my, my top roping grade is not very high at all. I, I'm not very good at it. I'd probably say I'm about at a 510 B level um which is like
0: oh right that's yeah that's respectable
1: it's not it's not anything i would write home about but it it is like fairly in the middle Mm -hmm. um my bouldering i definitely see that i can i can use a lot of the more technical aspects of climbing in my bouldering like i I do tend to flag a lot more i do tend to um like heel hook or toe hook a lot more yeah whereas in climbing I, I think top roping I still get freaked out about because usually it is pretty high. Um, and so I tend to just like revert back to that climbing a ladder.
0: Ah, right. That's interesting. So I do my uh, my climbing or my lead grade. So maybe we should get into that a little bit before we go on. There's a, a difference between top roping and lead climbing. Mm-hmm. So within top roping there's Um, essentially you're clipped in on your harness or however you attach yourself to the rope. rope goes up into the anchor, goes down to your belayer, um, which is all safe, there's nothing to worry about. If you fall you're just the rope is going to stretch out a little bit, but that's it. Um, However, if you go lead climbing, um, you're just on one end of the rope and then your belayer is just kind of a little bit behind you and he keeps giving out the rope as you go up. And then every, uh, well, depending on what kind of uh, area you're in, indoors, it's generally every two-ish meters. So that's what every, uh, say six-ish, little bit more, say eight or 10 feet.
1: Yeah, it's about, yeah in, be, in my gym, uh, it's about like eight feet in between clubs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um so basically there's a uh bigger risk of falling further down. Um which also makes it more scary. Uh so in lead or top rope I do pretty much 7A, which would translate itself to 511 C or D, it seems. Yeah. Uh and then in bouldering, I do 6B and maybe 6B plus, like, on a good day.
1: Okay, um, yeah.
0: So there's a major difference there.
1: So, okay, so the route, so for people who followed you, I'm sure they saw this, but, like, you posted a video of a yeah. route, and it had the two side crimps that you were trying to make that yeah. move to. Why was that grade?
0: Um, I believe that was graded about 6 b plus
1: okay yeah because the i that's what i i thought i was like 6b that i mean i i'm assuming that's a little harder um yeah because i mean the route looked sketchy and everyone know <laughs> like not everyone but if you've ever climbed before you side crimps are a pain in the butt to try and pull on oh, yeah. and like yeah make that move so when i saw it and you said 6b and i looked at that i think i looked at this conversion and i saw that i translated to a v1 and I was like, there's no, way. like V1 in bouldering, especially at my gym is just like <laughs> super easy. It might have like one thing that maybe will be a little hard if you've never climbed before. But like, I use V1 to warm up. Like if I'm going to the gym and just like <laughs> stretching out, I will use V1 to warm up. And I was like, there's no way that's a V1. <laughs> that's not, that's not how it is. So maybe that's an outdoor climbing. It would be like a V1, but I, maybe. I don't think so.
0: Yeah. I, uh. I've been to Font, to Fontainebleau, uh, twice. Yeah, twice. And um, well, I mean, it's no surprise, but outdoor bouldering is significantly harder than indoor bouldering, um, because it turns out not all the holes are polished and, and nice and grippy, uh, and the route isn't as obvious. Um, but uh, I, a lot of people tell me they have. They kind of struggle with that fear, especially in lead climbing. Um, but I'm kind of an idiot, so <laughs> <laughs> I have the opposite problem. Uh, I have more of a lack of fear than too much of it. So uh, a while ago, I was projecting on a uh, 7A with a buddy of mine, and um, I climbed up first, second, third clip, all good, and then. I came to the fourth clip and I was like um, uh, a really bad sloper right where the clip was supposed to be.
1: Ugh.
0: And right under it was kind of a left side crimp, And then a little bit further up to the right, there was um, uh, a big like underpull jug. Mm.
1: Um,
0: so my thinking was, well, you know what? If I just grab this underpull jug with one hand, and put a heel hook behind the left crimp, I should have my left hand free for the clip.
1: Oof, that's a stretch.
0: I did, um, except the heel hook wasn't very good. So as soon as I kind of pushed on the opening uh, of the uh, the snapper on the clip, uh, I put too much pressure essentially or too much rotational force into it. And then my heel hook slipped off and I fell down. Oof. Yeah, which is a really nasty place to fall down because now you have all of this rope out as well. Yeah. So you're above your head and you've got a whole bunch of rope out and your belayer has some more slack down below as well, just to give you some space. And goddamn, I I ended under me, my belayer. So
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, thank you. You're making me not want to lead climb. Like I was supposed to take a class with one of my friends so we could get lead certified at the gym, and then Governor yeah. Pritzker, this uh, wonderful governor that I have in the state of Illinois, he decided to shut down all workout classes. So my gym is oh, like, uh, we can't do we can't do lead classes anymore, and I was like. Uh, how is someone supposed to learn how to lead climb if you're just gonna tell us not to and it's really annoying because a lot of the really cool routes at my gym are lead only routes and I'm like I want to do these but I can't it's very
0: Mm. yeah yeah I am very glad I know how to lead climb because our gym is very lead focused as well um so really all of the very cool shit, and especially everything that's 6C and above is just not a top rope anymore. Um, And of course, you can't really hang in a top rope uh, in the overhang.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, I mean, I, I fucking love the I love climbing in the overhang. It's, um, I don't know why exactly, but it's just It's more powerful and it's more, uh, it's weird in a sense. So um, there's a lot of tension building involved essentially. So you have to keep body tension uh, at all times, basically in the overhang. because if you don't, you're just gonna be hanging like a fucking sack of meat out of the wall. Oh yeah. Uh, So sometimes, especially when, uh, when you have to clip, because then you're only on three points uh, for a somewhat extended period of time and you have to drag the whole rope across. Uh, I almost make like a 180 where I almost stand with my feet above me Mm -hmm. um, or my feet like beside me on like a 90 degree angle, just keep more tension there. Uh, And really, I enjoy it immensely uh it's also scary as shit especially <laughs> if you're lead climbing like oh fuck this hold isn't good oh fuck this isn't good oh fuck now i have to clip now what
1: <laughs> oh, yeah i lead climbing scares me so bad but that's why i have to do it because top roping used to scare me really bad and there's still some days where i'll just be like on a route and i'm working on it and i just look down and i'm like oh, this is i don't like this or sometimes <laughs> sometimes my buddy will be delaying me, and I'll get to the top. And I know he I know he knows what he's doing, and I know that we always check each other's knots and stuff before we, like, hop on yeah. a wall. But, like, I'll be at the top, and I'll be done. And I'm like, what if my harness fails, like, right this second? And there's just, like, that yeah. split second of, holy crap, I could die right now. But I haven't yeah. died yet. And uh, I, I work enough. very hard on making sure that I don't die and that uh, my friends don't die when I belay them because I don't want to be on the hook for that.
0: Yes, yes. I uh, also uh, keep a policy of doing everything in my power to prevent myself and my friends from dying when climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we check each other's knots. We belay the way that you're actually supposed to belay. Um, keep our hands on a big rope, even with like a, a Grigory mm-hmm. or something other semi-automatic. Um, however, we have in our gyms uh, like groups of uh, Belgians, uh, particularly balloons, so the French speaking part of Belgium. And they're awful oh. with belaying, like it makes my hands sweaty when I see them. So. I don't know what the exact policy is in America, but the policy over here in the Netherlands is that if you have a lead climber, uh, you spot them until the first dip, So you just kind of keep your hands up uh, and well, not to catch your climber in case of a fall, more just to kind of uh, guide them to the ground in a way that they don't smash their head on the rocks. Um, and then you keep the rope pretty short until the first three clips. And then from there, uh, you can take a little more distance from the wall to make your uh, climber a little bit more comfortable as he falls. Mm -hmm. So, what these Belgians do is that, first of all, they don't spot. Um, They just kind of stand back. And secondly, as soon as the first clip is in, they give out a ton of less slack on the rope, walk all the way back, and then our climber just goes up and there's so much slack that the rope is actually on the ground until the second clip oh no
1: oh no oh no then I'm
0: like, what in the hell are you doing no
1: Mm-mm.
0: what do you Thank think you. yeah what what do you think you're you're going to do when your climber falls jump backwards this is this is idiocy oh yeah uh
1: my gym i i haven't like i said i haven't gotten lead certified yet so i i can't lead but i have watched enough people take the test to know that like they are very very strict on you know keeping your hands up until i think they even say you have to keep your hands up and spot your climber up until like the second or third clip um and you have to like be very very vigilant about how you um like how much slack you give and if you're listening to your climber on how much slack they want and stuff
0: yes exactly and
1: yeah even when i got belay certified for top roping i had to i had to do it like three different times because they are so persnickety about like is you're not is you're not good um do you know exactly what you're looking for when the rope is in your harness um do you know how to keep your hand on the brake rope do you do you like know all these things and like Mm. they are they are so stingent on it that oh yeah even if you came from a different gym a new how to top rope if they've never seen you before they might say like you know how to do it but we won't certify you for our gym until we like are very comfortable with you climbing here so yeah. they're they're really vigilant on it
0: oh yeah that's uh as far as i'm concerned that's a great policy i um we have well we're a lot less strict in that sense uh over here so we just we're just like if you have any kind of um, certification from like your mountain club that you can climb, or you say you have enough experience, and we'll just kind of have a look. Then we'll just say it's good. Um, but what my like when I go lead climbing, I'm very picky in who I, in which people I let belay me. Mm-hmm. Um, in top rope, I don't really care all that much because it's just. You know they just have to pull in the rope and then they have to let me down but yeah uh in lead climbing i really want someone uh that not only will belay me in a safe manner but also in a comfortable manner so uh what you'll probably find uh when you start lead climbing is um in a moment that you want to clip your rope um kind of pull out a whole bunch. And if your belayer isn't anticipating that, you're gonna have this feeling, ah, shit, rope's stuck. So then you're gonna have to wait it like a moment and you're gonna get more rope. And that's really annoying. Because especially if you have a bad clip, you're kind of like, you're not comfortable. So you get even more nervous if you have to like pull twice. Um, and there's like a bunch of little things like that, that I just want my belayer to do that right. Mm-hmm. Um, because it also indicates that they are paying attention. Um, and that's possibly the most important part. That I want my belayer to pay attention to me when I am lead mm-hmm. Like it, It's fine by me if he can bullshit with other people um, when I'm top roping. But at the moment I need climbing, I want to be the center of attention for my belayer yeah because well i'm just doing something that i won't don't want to say particularly dangerous at least not in the gym but it's a it's got a very heightened risk factor Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah there's that uh are you the same with your uh top rope belay
1: Am I, am I the same with my top rope LA? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. With my, in terms of safety. Um, yeah, I'm pretty, so in my group of people that I climb with, there are three of us that are certified. Mm -hmm. Um, and usually it ends up being, uh, two of us that are climbing top rope together. So I have climbed top rope with the same person for a while now. And by this point, we're very comfortable with each other. We know exactly what to look for. We know, like, Mm -hmm. I know what um, to look for at the top because he doesn't like it when people bring him down prematurely if they think that he's done. He likes to give the signal. And he's had a couple times where people will, like, think he's at the top and they'll start bringing him down. And he's like, I'm not ready to come down yet. I need to, like, make one more move so we've just yeah. gotten really used to each other's tendencies and then i just started climbing with and actually an old college friend i reconnected with uh, oh, cool. and i'm starting to learn her tendencies as well but yeah as in terms of climbing and and top rope mblay i usually am pretty like strict about not strict mm-hmm. but i i guess i i would want to <laughs> make sure that everyone knows what they're doing and most of the time the people i will b- i climb with um can climb higher grades than me so i know that they know what they're doing because they've been climbing <laughs> yeah. longer than i have we did have um one of our friends in our friend group he started climbing about six months ago when the gyms reopened and oh, right. yeah and they were locked down <laughs> for too long but he started climbing oh, about six months that. ago and he started coming with us and we finally got him to a point where he's like he picked up everything super quickly like he's climbing really technical difficult stuff and he's able to do it well Um, he still has some stuff to learn in in terms of like basic Mm -hmm. technical stuff, but he's like pretty good. And he has been watching us belay each other for a while now. And so he's like, Oh, I'm just going to take a belay test and see if I can do it. So we're like, yeah, you should take a belay test. So he did (laughs) and he failed and he's like, (laughs) Oh man, I can't believe I failed. I thought I did everything right. And we're like, yeah, well we wouldn't have let you belay us anyway. And he's like, well then why'd you guys let me like, tell me to go take this test?" And we're like, there's no classes right now. You got to learn somehow. So yep. <laughs> so uh, he was like very mad at us for letting him take the test. And then after he took the test and failed it, we were like, yeah, no, we wouldn't have let you belay us. There's no way you ha- can go from never having belayed f- before to passing a test to then like taking care of your friend's lives, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, uh, no, we'll just like teach you and stuff, but we're not letting you belay us.
0: Yeah, that's uh. A very wise policy. <laughs> I um, ah, let me think. Have you ever been uh, multi-pitch climbing?
1: I haven't. No, I oh, I do man. watch a lot of climbing documentaries, and I, and I love watching <laughs> other people do it, but I have not done it.
0: I, I love multi-pitch climbing. I love it even more than like regular climbing. I even have a whole book right here.
1: Ooh.
0: Uh, multi-pitch climbing in Europe. It's uh just a book of all the most like beautiful multi-pitching areas throughout all of Europe. It's uh, kind of a goals list because everything in this book is fucking hard. Like oh. it's, it's almost everything is 6C at minimum. So that's 511A at minimum, which is significantly more than I'm comfortable lead climbing outside mm-hmm. at this moment, uh, let alone for like 10 stretches uh one after the other but uh yeah i would one of the things i still want to do is i want to go big walling
1: oh yeah that seems
0: so cool to me
1: oh my gosh like i i think i i need at least at least a few more years of climbing before <laughs> i could even even think about it but yeah that that's one thing that i uh, when i first started getting back into climbing i kind of well first of all yeah, have you you've seen Free Solo, right? Or yes. no? Okay, yeah, one of the best documentaries out there, I think. Oh yeah, Alex Honnold is a freak of nature, and I think one of the things that I struggled with when I started climbing was thinking that my end result had to be Alex Honnold. Oh god! <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> so I gotta be able to like climb big walls and do pitches like that and free solo, like that's what climbing looks like when you're that like at the end of it. And then, you know, the more I start climbing, it's like, no, everyone has their own level of climbing, and some people will only be comfortable (laughs) bouldering in a gym, and some people will go on, like, multi-pitch big wall expeditions to climb, Oh yeah. but everyone's a climber. There's no, like, prerequisite for how much you have to climb to, like, be a climber, and Alex Honnold is one of maybe a dozen people in the world who can free solo like that, so that doesn't have to be my end goal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Alex Honnold is such a fascinating case to me. Because, I mean, apart from the fact that he's a fucking amazing rock climber and just, well, I say, a freak of nature. Like, that guy is so ridiculously he's insane. fit. He's insane. He's, he's insane, but he's also insanely fit.
1: Mhm.
0: I remember um, uh, a couple of years ago, he did some crazy record where he set like the speed record on two big walls and then some fucking uh, long-ass run uh, through all of Yosemite. It's like, holy shit, man, you climbed two big walls in a day. Like normal people, normal people that like do these take three days to climb one of these. You did two in a day. And then the, you essentially did a marathon in the mountains after it. Yeah. How ridiculously strong are you?
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, he's he's insane, and uh, to be able to free solo like he does too is just oh, uh, it's it's oh, nerve wracking.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that guy is. Um, but this like, legit his his um, neurology is kind of fucked up. So. He doesn't register fear, uh, like, in a normal way. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know if they showed this in the documentary, maybe they did. But I think they put him under, like, an MRI or some brain scanner thing. And they just, like, showed him uh, a bunch of pictures of just, like, general scary shit. And um, his uh, amygdala, I think it was just, like, a little bit, but not really. Whereas with normal people, it would light up significantly more.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that so was in just, the movie, too. Yeah.
0: yeah. He just doesn't respond to, to fear the same way that normal people do. Um, like it just doesn't kind of register as the same risk uh, or the same danger to him. So, yeah, he doesn't kind of get the same... Incredible fear impulse as the, you and I would if we were to go free soloing. Um,
1: Which uh, honestly, free soloing is not on my bucket list of climbing no, things to do no, <laughs> ever. <neither. laughs> I will never, I will never free solo, and I'm pretty comfortable saying that. Like, I, I yes. don't feel weird <laughs> about not having that on my bucket list.
0: Yes, I uh, I like being alive too much.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Have you ever watched, there's another climbing documentary that I really like, it's called The Dawn Wall, have you seen that one?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think, I'm not entirely sure if I've watched the documentary, I think I have, but I, I've seen a lot about it anyway.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. so The Dawn Wall, for people listening, is, um, it's a route in Yosemite on El Capitan, and it's the wall that gets the first light. And it's notoriously, like, impossible to climb because it's so slick. And the type of rock on that route on that wall is just, you can't pitch anything. It's very tough. And Tommy Caldwell, probably the best climber in the world, in my opinion. But Tommy mm-hmm. Caldwell basically put together a, a route on that wall. And it's insane. And the documentary talks all about it. And Tommy Caldwell, another person who is just crazy insane. Oh, yeah. His type of cl- climbing is a little bit more <laughs> realistic for most people
0: I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love um, the different kind of styles that you find within climbing. So you have um, the crazy free free soloing people like Alex Ronald and then you have the people that go do extremely hard uh, big walls like uh, Tommy Goldwell. And then you have people that just open ab- absurdly hard sport routes um, like Adam Andra.
1: Oh, I love Adam Andra. He's so cool. Adam
0: is such a cool guy. He's um. He's such an unintimidating figure to look at. Like He's such a fucking nerd if you look at him.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. He looks like he should be playing video games in his mom's basement but he's just shredded.
0: Oh, yeah. oh dude. He is so strong. Like, If you didn't know about this guy and you just kind of saw him out and about, like, oh, you know, this guy...
1: He's a skinny nerd.
0: Yeah, he works in an office like four days a week. uh, And he's got like a, a posture that isn't quite up there. He's probably a little autistic, you know. But this fucking guy, man, he climbs, I think it's 9B plus or 9C or 9C plus. And just, man, the... The most notorious part, I think, about Edmondra is his screaming. Yes. Like, the sound that guy makes. Whew. Let me see if I can uh, pull it up here real quick.
1: Also, if I'm not mistaken, like, climbing's going to be in the Olympics this year, and I think he's yes. the favorite to... I, I think he's going to compete for the Czech Republic, and I think he's pretty much the favorite to win.
0: That would be really cool. I... Um, Ah, oh, yeah, we should talk about that, actually, about the Olympics, so, uh, hold on, before I, uh, add on the screen, on YouTube, let's see, can I, like, share my screen somehow? I'm such a professional.
1: <laughs> it's okay, podcasts are made to be casual, so... <laughs>
0: No! it in later because you know (laughs) what i'm talking about uh all right now we have the stop sharing there we are all right anyway um so the olympics do a weird thing because they combine um the three main uh disciplines of climbing essentially uh so we've touched on two of them lead and boulder um which is already a bit odd because the people that are very good at bouldering are very different people than the ones that are very good at climbing.
1: Yeah. They're, they're they're very like, they're kind of different in the, in the way that you do climbing. They're not necessarily like you wouldn't exactly climb a boulder the same way you climb lead. No, exactly. And also lead has a lot more endurance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Bouldering is much more powerful uh much more dynamic especially uh at the competition level where it's often almost more like parkour than boring.
1: oh oh yeah yeah, yeah. if you, i i've watched like some of the usa olympic or like mm-hmm. the usa climbing bouldering competitions those are insane
0: yeah they're crazy like i don't even um, think i
1: could hold any of the holds that they have
0: yeah they do some crazy shit there um so but there's still quite a lot of crossover there because um, at least here in Europe, there's a, there's a couple of like regular guys that you can expect in both lead and boulder. So there's Adam Ondera, of course, who's been, well, who's won many sports climbing and bouldering competitions. Um, God, what's his name? Um, like the, almost the second best climber in the world. I mean, Alex, uh, little little German kid. I even interviewed him. Alex Megos. Alexander Megos. Little fucking German kid. Powerful as hell. Anyway. So there's a few guys like that. But mostly it's kind of a different scene already. Mm-hmm. But then there's speed. And speed climbing is just... Dumb. A different beast entirely. Like, speed climbing is like the 100 meter sprint of climbing.
1: And so, like, yeah, it's like yeah. you're basically on an auto belay, so no one's bullying you. You have the same yes. route it's the same route like that you practice on, basically, so like everyone yes. has kind of the same speed route, right? Yes, yeah, and then you just like race the top, and it's kind of like the red headed stepchild of climbing
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's amazing uh to watch like speed climbers do their thing. they are so ridiculously fast. Like they fly up that wall, um, but it's a very different skill set than regular climbing. Um, so that makes for a very strange combination, uh, because the people that are going to be competing in the Olympics likely are mostly uh, essentially traditional climbers, because like they are pretty good at bouldering and are pretty good at lead um but basically everyone is going to have to train really hard for speed. So I'm really curious to see uh what's going to come off that.
1: Yeah, I think I was reading something um I, I don't know when it was or what outlet it was, but it was talking about speed climbing and how basically like th- the person who could win gold in the Olympics could be a speed climber because it is such a specialized Yeah. Uh sport and then speed climbers you know they they can boulder and top rope and and lead yeah so it's not like they're unable to do that and just because of the fact that they are disciplined speed climbers um it, it could lead to that advantage of climbing or winning a gold but from what from everything i've seen like adam andra is pretty much the shoe in to to win anything yeah. at this point yeah
0: probably <laughs> Yeah, there's um I I don't see I mean, who would even compete against that guy? Come on. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it's he's so insane. He does yeah. he just does there there every so often there are climbers that come along that really just push the boundaries of the sport. Oh yeah. And like Alex Honnold, Tommy Caldwell, those are guys of an older generation. And now you have young people, like, uh, what'd you say his name was, Alex Migos?
0: Alex Migos, or Migos.
1: Yeah, and then Adamandra. My personal favorite climber of, like, this generation is Margot Hayes. I love her, she's amazing. Oh, yeah. She is the first woman to climb a recorded 515 route. So, that's already just crazy, which I think for you would be... Uh, let me look at it.
0: Let's see, what did you say?
1: So she climbed a 515, which is pretty much like the hardest grade in existence for top roping. So it looks like it's about a 9A for...
0: Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: Yeah, so she's the first woman to ever do that. Um, she's also climbed like some... So she's just like ridiculously strong and creative in how she climbs. And she's competed in bouldering um in in bouldering comps before and in lead comps so i don't know if she's gonna plan on being on the olympic team but i would be really excited to watch her climb if she did because she's just crazy crazy insane yeah people should i'm telling everyone listening to this right now go on mm-hmm. youtube and get lost in a rabbit hole of margot hayes and adamandra climbing videos and you'll have a happy hour oh, of your life
0: oh yeah absolutely yeah, you will enjoy yourself massively. Oh, man. I, uh... Jeez, man, I'm just kind of scrolling through her Instagram right now. And there's this picture of her in some boulder. And just the absurd, like, level of muscles around the shoulders, man.
1: Oh, yeah. She's just, like, there's no body fat on that woman. She is... Oh, no. She's all shredded muscle.
0: Oh, yeah. but well, that's one of the things I think uh, at least from like a, a visual, physical perspective that rock climbers stand out in the most. Like, if you look at them from the back, the absurd fucking muscular level around the shoulders and the uh, higher back, re- that's like, they're, they're really, really strong there. Which makes sense because it's like a a sport with a lot of our body strength. Yes. But yeah, they're absolutely that,
1: that's definitely my goal is to like in a year from now in 2021, I just, I just want to be shredded on, my, oh, on yeah. my back and on my shoulders. I just want to, I just want to be able to like, look like a rock climb aside from just yeah. doing it all the time. I want to look cool.
0: Yeah, exactly. My, uh, my goal is basically to get so shredded that I, uh, can take my shirt off when I lead climb.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! One of my friends. So one of my friends. We went to a newer gym in Chicago, and it was like the first time you go, you can go in free. And everything there was set a little bit harder than the gym that we usually go to. And so we're we're climbing. One of my friends is projecting this route, and it's kind of towards the end of the night. There's not a lot of people there, and me and my buddy were watching him project this, and we just like. <laughs> He's just getting so frustrated because he can't get this one move. He knows how to do it. He knows the beta, but he can't get it. And so finally, he's like, screw it. So he takes off his shirt. And this dude, like, he lifts and stuff. So it's not just from climbing, but he's just, like, shredded. And so... He just starts climbing this route. And I just, I made fun of him so much for looking like a giant douchebag while climbing. But it was just so funny. And then the one of the guys who works at the gym, he came over. He's like, yo, dude, you got to put your shirt back on. I was like, yeah, you can't look like a douchebag and get this route at the same time. That's not how this works.
0: <laughs> yeah. I um, In our gym, we're not very strict with the uh, shirt on policy. But I know that in, uh, especially a lot of boulder gyms, they get a really strict on it. Like you have to wear a shirt, um, which makes sense because uh, you kind of, there's two main problems with not being strict on people wearing shirts. One is that people who shouldn't be taking their shirts off, take their shirts off.
1: Mm-mm. Nobody and wants to like, see your dad bod, bud. Not when Yeah, air. exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like bro, your belly is, <laughs>
1: You're gonna <laughs> like scrape your up your belly, belly, belly is... on the holds, bro. You gotta <laughs> put your shirt on.
0: I think I just came up with the correct ratio. Basically, uh, if your belly is rounder than your biceps, you should not be taking your shirt off. Oh
1: yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> that's that's the correct
0: thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other one is just—it's kind of nasty to spread your sweat everywhere. Yes. Um, you know what's which, interesting is yeah. just
1: like. In the climbing community, and I think it transcends, like, United States and Europe and stuff. Like, there are so many kind of unspoken etiquette things about climbing. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: And it's just, like, if you're ever at the gym, you don't wear your shoes in the bathroom. Please take your, shirt, your shoes off if you're going to the oh, bathroom. Yeah. No one wants your nasty climbing shoes on the bathroom floor. Yes. Uh, just, like, you know, watch out for everybody. Like, don't... And... I will say, at, at the gym I go to, there are so many more people who are willing to cheer you on than make fun of you for your climbing. Oh, yeah. Because, like, all my friends, we go climbing, and we'll invite someone new. And even if they're working on, like, a VB, and they are just starting, we're like, yes, let's do it. Let's see this. And there are so many oh, more yeah. people willing to cheer you on than make fun of oh, you. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it wouldn't be the, like, it, it, I find myself so often either looking at some climber and like,
1: oh, come
0: on or just like being in a route myself and just even complete strangers that are just kind of looking on uh, that are just kind of yelling at you just to you know continue or to to keep up come on you can do it there's a I would say that especially the gym is generally a very supportive environment outside people mind their business a little bit more but in the gym it's very uh, yeah you're, you're kind of expected not to be uh cracking jokes uh, at whomever is struggling in a route.
1: Yeah. You always see those like those memes or those tweets about how people go to the gym and feel judgmental. And I definitely the first time I started climbing a lot with my friends, I felt really self-conscious because I wasn't very yeah. good. But now I feel a lot better. And like they never once made fun of me for being able to only climb a few things. They're always constantly helping me with beta and just being super yeah, encouraging yeah, about exactly. everything and it yeah. and it's <laughs> so it's it's such a i feel like it's such a different environment than some other gyms that you might go to
0: yeah yeah i think um climbers are generally very passionate uh about climbing so if you go to the gym or well if you just go climbing and there's other climbers around they're not gonna well unless they wrestles but there's not too many of those they're not gonna Try and shoo you off, or or uh, judge you differently because you climb well not beyond a particular level. The rule is just rooting for you to to finish it and to have a good time and to get better. Um, and that's one of the things I love most about the rock climbing community. Um, it's a very positive environment. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, um, I I love it. Yeah. It's yeah, it's definitely the highlight of my week a lot of times, especially during COVID yeah. lockdowns and all oh, yeah. this bull crap that's going on.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, um, uh, I find that really kind of strengthens the, the friendship you have with your friends as well um, because, well, there's a lot of trust involved and there's um, – because of how intense it is uh, – you get really close to each other.
1: Yes, and also yeah, in in a lot of situations you actually do have each other's lives in your hands, so you better yes. not fuck it up.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're a uh, you are in quite a few situations very literally um holding a few millimeters of rope that are going to help your friend from not dying. Um so yeah, there's quite a level of trust that is involved there. Um, man, another ah, yeah. So, what is the like the the single craziest thing that you've ever seen while you were climbing? Cool. People doing dangerous shit or just I don't know, crazy things occurring.
1: Oh man, that's a great question. I don't know if I have anything like crazy insane um hmm i will say um i think one of the things that i i see a lot um is just especially in harder grades because i don't i don't Mm -hmm. climb like super hard stuff yet Um, but I love seeing the crazy beta that guys come up with. And for people listening, beta is basically like the technique you use to climb a route. Um, so I love seeing one one of my friends, he's been climbing for like seven years. He climbs all the time. He's shredded. He's so good. He's like (laughs) one of the best guys I've ever seen climb. And seeing the crazy beta, like he had to do, um, I think it's called like a, uh, oh gosh. Um. Now I'm gonna not know what it's called, but it's essentially where you're holding on to two separate holds and you have to like cross your legs through your arms to kind of ah. create a foothold for yourself. A figure four. Figure four, that's it. Yes. So yeah. I've seen him do that a bunch. I see the and like I'll see some guys do like insane beta of just overhead heel hooks and like oh, to yeah. grab other stuff. And I'm like, Oh buddy, that is That's so wild, but I haven't seen anything, anyone do anything like, I did see someone take a lead test and they could barely get it up, get up like five holds and the person giving them their test is like, yeah, um, you're not a good climber, so that's why we're not pressing you. Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah. You should probably know how to climb before you go lead climbing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean... There are some lead routes at my gym that are super tall and then do have like overhangs. One is a complete arch and then there's another one that just has overhangs and like watching people fall off those is crazy (laughs) uh, because basically they're falling probably 20 feet, um, which is insane. I know this isn't my story, but this is um, Kaj. Um, oh, yeah. he told me he went to his gym near him and he was there with his daughter and he was watching someone climb a route and at his gym, cause I've been there, the, the top, the top roping walls aren't that tall. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not crazy, but they're still tall. Um, someone was doing an auto belay route and they got to the top and then they just let go, because they thought they were clipped into the auto belay and they just fell straight on their back. Oh like shit! Basically thirty feet or something like that. Oh man. Uh, so I I'm thankful I've never seen anything like that, but that yeah. is a uh, that was yeah. not my story, but Kajas. but yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I keep thinking about it. And I'm like, that's insane. How do you not know if you're clipped into a? a it happens
0: gun? more often than you think. It's kind of crazy. um,
1: that's just crazy to me that you just like don't clip in it's
0: yeah it's bad habits because um something similar happens or has happened a few times and not only this exact same thing with people forgetting to clip into the auto belay, but also people tying into different ropes so you have a, a climber and a belayer that tie themselves into different ropes And then the climber gets up, and he yells down, like, okay, block, you know, just let me down. Uh, Blair pulls in the rope, and guy hangs in, and whoop, down he goes.
1: How does that even, like, are they, how do you even top rope with someone on a different rope? That seems so crazy.
0: It's bad habits and not paying attention. Oh, yeah. It's, uh.
1: You never, you never want, like, that's one thing you never, ever want to see at a crag at a gym and anywhere is people die or like people getting seriously hurt because other people were stupid because like you really truly have to take responsibility for everything you do like how you clip in how like your your good belay habits you truly have to take responsibility for that and if you don't like someone else will die
0: yes exactly and it's uh one of the things is i do one of the reasons I insist with my friends so much on partner checking on every single route is one, just habit building and two, is it's not that I don't trust them to tie in a rope correctly. I I have climbed a thousand routes with these people. I know that they can tie a figure eight knot and that they know how to put a rope through a gregory. But what's going to happen is, especially if you're pushing, you're going to get tired. So you're like in a two, maybe even three hour climbing session, you're absolutely knackered at the end. Um, Both physically, but also mentally, because there's a lot of uh, fear going on and you're focusing and... So, you know, you just go through the motions. um, And then it's like, uh, you might just tie in your reversal incorrectly or you might back clip your first clip or you might do something else stupid. Um, which is just purely because you're making faults because you're tired. So if you don't check that, you're going to find that out once you're halfway the route or once you're all the way up the route and then it's too late to fix it. Um, and in the worst case scenario, you're going to find out when your body hits the ground.
1: And you know, yeah, you never want to see anyone get hurt because of climbing.
0: Oh no, absolutely not. And I would not even want to think of, um, of of actually being the one responsible, like actually dropping someone. Like holy shit, I would feel guilty as hell for the rest of my life.
1: I I know I joke with my my buddy that I usually climb with. I joke with him because sometimes he'll start, he'll like go approach the wall before I even check his knot. And he's yeah. like, well, you know, I got it. And I'm like, yes, I know you know what you're doing, but I also don't want your mother to call me and be like, why'd you kill my son uh, <laughs> by dropping yes. him on a round? So just let me <laughs> like, just let me count it real quick and I'll make sure that, that it's good. And also yes. my mother would not want to contact you and come after you. So please <laughs> just check my not.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I joke something similar with my friends. I like, when we uh, forget the partner check and either of us approaches the one we're like, oh, wait, we still have to check. I'm like, oh, well, the worst thing that ha- can happen is that either of us fall to our death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, final solution style. Um, so, let's see, one of the craziest things I've seen, um, I haven't seen... much super crazy things myself. Um, So one thing I saw is when I was uh, multi-pitching in Italy with a friend of mine Um, and we had just like reached the next relay, so the next place to to kind of gather up and exchange gear and uh, start the next route. And some Italians below us, I think it was like three people, all very old, old gear, everything and they were making uh, a relay in the weirdest manner. So everything was perfectly bolted there. So there was like a few bolts in the wall with an iron chain in between them. Everything was taken care of. But these guys decided to put like little prusik ropes and slings left and right on like single bolts. Which happened like what the fuck is going on here? Um, But then uh, my instructor, who's like training me in becoming an instructor, um, she saw some crazy shit in the Belgian Ardennes. So there was this dude climbing with his wife, and this guy had clearly been doing it for I don't know many years say 10 years, 20 years, whatever. Um, but for her, it was probably the, the first time because she approached the rock kind of like, Hey, what is this and she picked up the harness and she was looking at it like so what do I do with this mm-hmm. like how do I put this on um, so he ties in and she ties in her belay and he just well actually she didn't even tie in the belay she just kind of waited on the ground and he just free solos up four bolts builds a relay on a singular bolt which is already very weird because there's perfectly fine bolts Uh, for like making a relay spot all the way on the top of the route. Um, So he he built his relay there um, and then belays her up. And then once he's there, he just kind of pulls in the rope and he freely solos up another like four bolts. And they just kind of keep going like that until they're they're all the way up.
1: So he basically just carried her up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, in the most dangerous way possible.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just... Let's... Everyone should just agree to have good habits when you climb, and not do stuff in a sketchy way. Not everyone has to, like, be Alex Honnold yeah. and free solo. You can yeah. not do that, and be perfectly fine, and still be accomplished.
0: Yeah. Does... That's one thing I do find. Some people have a quite an ego when it comes to um, when you tell them that they're doing something with their belaying that's not very safe. Like, ah, oh, I've been doing this for like 30 years and it's never gone wrong and always works like this and I've always done it like this. Um, and I don't get that attitude. I'm like, what do you stand to gain here? Like, in the worst, the worst thing is that you make your own belaying more secure. So why are you getting upset at someone telling you a more secure way to belay your clamor?
1: Yeah. Some people are just set in their ways and they just want to do it their yeah. way. And say, yeah. Well, okay, but you could be putting someone's life at risk. But whatever, you know. Violate the <laughs> yeah. NAP, I guess.
0: Yep. Yeah, I suppose. It's... um. I suppose they're kind of like the FUDs of uh, the climbing world.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Does the Netherlands have outdoor climbing? Like, are there good spots to climb in the Netherlands? Or do you normally go to different places around Europe to do your outdoor Um, climbing?
0: We uh, have amazing gyms left and right. But there's no actual outdoor climbing in the Netherlands. Mm. Because, well, it's entirely flat. And there's quite literally nothing to climb. Except <laughs> buildings. You you might try your luck with buildings. But no... Uh, yeah, well, nothing real, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so the closest to us is pretty much the Belgian Ardennes, Which, from where I live, is... I think about an hour and a half, right? To most of the climbing areas there. And then... Within a few more hours are Voges mountains which are have some multi single pitch climbing and then I think if you ride say about a day south you get to the southern southern France which has well plenty of climbing areas both for multi pitch and single pitch and if you drive well pretty much a whole day say like 24 hours you get to the Alps. Mm. I mean, the Alps are utterly amazing when it comes to climbing. Like just fantastic. There's mountaineering, bouldering, single pitch, multi pitch. It's um. It's heaven.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. I would love to get over to Europe and go climbing, but that's after I I knock out. So um, Chicago doesn't have any climbing. Midwest in general doesn't have a ton. There are some places in Wisconsin you can go. Um, that is, like, the closest to the city for outdoor climbing. Right. And then other than that, you'd have to go down to Kentucky. There's one, There's a place called Red River Gorge that's uh, pretty famous, and that's where a lot of people go because you can, you can go camping, um, and then you can go climbing as well down there. Um, but, yeah, like, I have to hit – because Vegas has really good climbing outside of the Strip. Oh, um, right. So I'd yeah. love to go to Vegas. Colorado, obviously, has a ton of climbing. Yeah idaho montana every place out west it's just not near me there's no (laughs) climbing near me
0: that sucks yeah i'd love to one day uh actually hit some big walls in yosemite that's still very much a dream for me
1: oh yeah and that's where like for big wall climbing yosemite is definitely one of the meccas of where you should be big walling because there's just yeah so much good stuff and there's a lot i i love watching um A lot of the climbing documentaries that they have on amazon prime just about like mountaineers and explorers and climbers and i'm just like oh this gets me so excited to travel and like go different places to try different things
0: oh yeah yeah one of the other things i want to do at some point is um, go climbing in those uh Massive towers near Moab in Utah, I think it is.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like
0: the massive off-width routes where you just jam your whole body into it.
1: Mhm.
0: That seems so awesome to me.
1: I um, oh, I speaking of things that are crazy that I've seen at the gym, um, my gym does have some routes that you can use a crack. And uh, like uh, oh, damn, that's cool. a couple of weeks ago when I was there, I saw a guy, he was just going to climb the crack. And I was like, that is, that is so that cool. Is... I wish I could do that. <laughs> so he was, I think yeah. he climbed up about, I don't know, halfway up the route just on the crack. And I was like, this is so cool. I want to do that. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. I love it.
0: All right. Well, I think with that, uh, we should probably wrap up. Because we've been going for a while. Um, do you have any uh, any closing statements? Uh,
1: closing statements. Everyone should try climbing. If you come to Chicago, let me know. I will take you climbing. Um, but yeah, everyone should go. It's a good time. It's a fun sport. It's There's all these little pockets of community all over the United States around climbing gyms. It's a great way to meet people. Everyone, go do it.
0: Oh, yeah right uh yeah i'd like to echo that statement if you ever come to the netherlands uh hit me up and uh yeah we'll go climbing um, because i fucking love climbing and i love showing people climbing um with that do you have any plugs twitter uh, youtube uh, nothing <laughs>
1: nothing crazy except just my twitter you can follow me on there it's a lot of um, tweeting about how much the bears hurt me, but they won today, so I'm okay with it. Uh, follow me at <laughs> CarryOnFreeBird. Uh, I don't have any, I don't have a podcast or anything, so yeah, you can find me on Twitter. We'll suck self-centered crap. We don't need to <laughs> know this hand itself. Rising up
0: against the All right. millions Here we are. of people of the bear was tapping. I'm so pissed. We're gonna stab your daughter at the mall We're gonna stab your wife, your son We're gonna stab you with a butcher knife And then the police chief is gonna say We love our Somalis We love our Muslims Oh, they're so good I was watching Fox News as I worked out this morning.